You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the CEO and founder of Rock Paper Scissors, a PR firm that specializes in music tech. And we are still coming off the high of the great Music Tectonics conference that we held online in late October, had some in-person meetups in Santa Monica, just outside Los Angeles, at the merry-go-round at the Santa Monica Pier and at a nearby rooftop venue. It was so great to see so many of you in person and online. And on the podcast, we are bringing you some of the uh, highlight sessions from the conference itself. So today I'm really excited. We're bringing you my fireside chat with Tracy Chan. He's the VP and head of music at Twitch. And he talks to me about what he does typically at Twitch, his own uh, pathway as a startup founder that got acquired by Spotify and into what's been going on during the pandemic with live streaming and all the interesting and cool stuff that Twitch has going on for musicians. So let's go straight to the interview. Tracy is the VP head of music at Twitch, where his focus is on enabling creators to interact with their fans live and empowering those fans to directly support their favorite creators. Chan joins Twitch from Spotify, where he was the director of product management, primarily focused on leading product strategy and development for creator platforms and developing analytics tools for artists and labels, including Spotify for Artists and Spotify Analytics. Chan's startup, Crowd Album, a social photo and video aggregator that created a visual history of musical events from around the world, was acquired by Spotify. In 2016, and prior to founding Crowd Album, Chan was a product manager at YouTube, where he designed and launched YouTube Insight, the company's flagship analytics platform for creators. In other words, Tracy is a music tech freak just like you. Welcome to Music Tectonics, Tracy. Thanks, Dimitri. Thanks for the uh, intro. Definitely uh, worked on a lot of music tech things in my career. Yeah, super cool stuff. I've been kind of following your career for a while, and I'm glad. As I tell people on the Music Tectonics podcast, uh, sometimes I, there's somebody who I want to have a conversation with, and the first one is a recording. In this case, yours is on the main stage of a conference. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, love it. So, so Tracy, as the head of music at Twitch, describe your typical week. Yeah, so, I mean, I think maybe we should start with kind of what are we trying to do um, on the music team at Twitch? So our goal is actually pretty simple. You know, we want artists to be able to build communities of their fans. And I don't mean, you know, the typical social media sense where you try to get likes and follows and comments and that sort of thing. You know, we really, really want artists to just get to know their fans, right? Building a community, getting to know each fan member by name, you know, having regular interactions with them, having the fans, you know, just get to know each other by name and just having kind of regular meetups and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, if we do it right, the fans will, you know, are willing and able to support those artists financially. And that's kind of, you know, really what we're working on. And I think kind of a big difference with Twitch relative to kind of other music um, kind of uh, services and things, uh, social platforms that use music is that we just really believe that the artist should be celebrated and it's not just their work. Um, because I think just too often, you know, uh, people are focused on the work in the music, not the artists in it of themselves. So I think kind of as head of music, I looked out for a couple of teams, you know, in pursuit of this, you know, macro goal of helping artists build a community. So first we have just teams working with 
artists, promoters, festivals, you know, content providers, distributors, the like. So, you know, think about T-Pain, Rolling Stone, Afropunk, um, United Masters, Digital Kid, you know, kind of a lot of folks in the industry. And really kind of those teams are focused on, you know, helping artists uh, and encouraging them to join Twitch and, you know, painting the picture of what we're trying to do at Twitch and what the opportunity for them is, as, you know, artists are um, to connect with their fans um, and really kind of think about, you know, how can we onboard them effectively? Because Twitch really is a new medium. It's not just about, you know, pulling your, you know, your fans to the front row, of, you know, your concert. It's kind of taking that as well as kind of pulling them into the green room and having a chat. It's pulling them into the studio to do creatives. Um, and then, you know, the team's also responsible of, you know, creating effective programming strategies. So, for example, we just uh, had a program called Rocktober where we had a bunch of um, metal artists and bands come together in a kind of charity program where they raised $16,000 over the course of, I think it was two days. Um, it was uh, last weekend um, uh, in benefit for Music Care. So that team is really kind of looking after the artist community. Um, next, we kind of have teams uh, working with rights holders specifically. So, um, you know, it's kind of a licensing and uh, industry relations team. So they're working with labels, you know, from Warner Music Group to Anjuna to Insomniac. Um, they're working with publishers and their associations that look after um, their rights, like the National Publishers Association. National Music Publishers Association, NMPA, uh, you know, BMI, uh, CSAC, um, GMR, you know, uh, the, uh, the PROs. Um, and also, um, you know, they were basically kind of figuring out like how can we use music on Twitch uh, effectively and let creators do so. Um, and then last but not least, we have a product and engineering team. Um, and they're really kind of, you know, I just mentioned a ton of partners, like that stuff just doesn't happen. We have kind of operations teams, we have product and engineering teams, building bespoke programs and products and services to service these partnerships. But they're also, you know, really thinking about how can we help artists, you know, effectively onboard and grow on Twitch as well. So they've, uh, you know, through our product and engineering team, you know, we've worked on products like Soundtrack by Twitch, um, which enables music or uh, gaming creators to use uh, cleared music in the backgrounds of their streams. Um, we're working on how do you effectively kind of organize and discover music channels on Twitch because, you know, that uh, can be a challenge, you know, especially kind of in this new environment. Um, and we're also kind of figuring out ways where we can, you know, help um, musicians who are on Twitch reach more audiences. So an example is our partnership with Amazon Music where uh, Amazon Music listeners are notified when their favorite um, musicians are going live on Twitch. Um, so I just named kind of like a bunch of teams and like what they do. You, to, to kind of go back to your question of like, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Really my day-to-day -day is just like, how can I support all of these teams doing the best work that they can do? Um, and so that takes the form of, you know, making sure that we have coherent strategic plans um, so that the teams kind of are aligned working together because um, we have a lot of teams within music and coordinating, you know, it's the music industry. So, you know, coordination is really, really important. Um, you know, I'm helping kind of coordinate um, uh, interactions with the rest of Twitch. Um, you know, the, the kind of core uh, teams, both go-to-market and product development teams there, um, working with uh, Amazon um, because we are an Amazon company and making sure that they're kind of updated in the line. I'm reviewing deals and then constantly just talking with partners and artists. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of like during the day. Um, and then kind of at night, like, I just, honestly, I just like watch a ton of musicians and music events on Twitch. And like, it, there's like, 
two, two reasons I do that. Like one, you know, it helps me do my job better, right? Just like understand the challenges that they have, what's working, what's not working. But also like, I just love it. Like I love kind of live music. It's funny, like during the pandemic, you know, I, I, I built a whole company around kind of uh, live shows, right? Crowd Album was all about sourcing photos and videos from live shows and helping uh, artists and fans connect. But like in the pandemic, there were kind of no in real life shows. And so, you know, Twitch has just been this outlet where like I can watch more live music than I've ever watched in my whole life. And, you know, just, I love it. I love to get to know the streamers. I love to get to know the community. Um, and so, you know, I've really kind of found a really great home um, on Twitch. It sounds like a blast, really. I mean, especially sort of having already dug into all this music stuff um, yourself and to go to, to go to a platform like Twitch, which really got its kind of growth from from gamers to, to be like, hey, let's connect all the dots for this community and let's watch a lot of music along the way and, and so yeah. forth. It sounds great. I, I yeah. kind of do want to back up just a tiny bit. Your yeah. your startup that I talked about in your intro crowd yeah. album was acquired by Spotify um, yeah. and, and, and you became a product lead there. What did you learn from that audio streaming side that informed what you do on the live streaming side like how do we because because the funny thing is like as i've my career has gone in, in music tech there's you know in the music industry watched kind of like this growth into streaming and now you have this this stuff like twitch and and tiktok and other these other kind of formats kind of emerging it's it's it'll be interesting from from your perspective following your trajectory from youtube to spotify to to twitch to kind of to, to to sort of talk about like um what you learned from that audio side that 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 you bring into the live streaming side yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I think, you know, um, when I joined Spotify, we really kind of didn't have creator tools. And so, you know, creators and musicians really looked at Spotify just in a completely different light than I think exists today. There was skepticism, people didn't know what was going on. And so, you know, that's really where, you know, the genesis of Spotify for Artists really came about is like, let's help. And to your point, the music industry has just gone through so much transition in the last I mean, it's constantly going through uh, innovation and change, but I think music streaming had just like completely changed the game. And I think there were like two parts of it that really were important. So first was just scale, right? Like the massive kind of scale and adoption of Spotify because really Spotify just made it so easy to pay for music, quite frankly, and just kind of use it in a legitimate way by putting you know every song in your pocket. And it made it basically consuming music easier than piracy, which is just actually just incredible, you know, given the backdrop of, you know, the decades of decline of the music industry and now kind of return to growth over the last several years. Um, and I think that was driven, you know, by audio streaming. And I do think kind of, you know, one, um, one big piece of that was just the personalization and really kind of understanding music, understanding the listening patterns of music and applying it so that you know, for the first time, artists could just discover new audiences where the audience probably would have never discovered these uh, artists in the first place. Um, and so just scale, 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 and just the massive amount of, of listening um, and viewers and artists as well um, that were coming to the service, like that kind of informed a lot of, you know, what uh, we're doing kind of in the live streaming side. But, you know, that said, scale has its inherent challenges, right? Like, uh, yes, it is indeed, Eleanor. Um, if it goes out, then we have issues. Um, <laughs> like my cloud like, Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, scale does have its issues, right? I think kind of, you know, one of the things that 
I think was a continual challenge um, with, with just audio streaming in general is this artists just want to connect with their fans and it's really, really, really difficult, right? I think kind of, you know, when you think about the kind of music listening experience and personalization and discovery, it's oftentimes the content that is the thing, you know, it's the background, you know, the apps in your pocket and you hear a song that you like and you're like, I like this song. Or, you know, you're watching kind of one of the short form apps and, you know, really the music is an accompaniment to the visual, the dance or whatever. And oftentimes the the fans don't know who the artists are. And I think that that's really, really problematic. And I think, you know, again, in my previous gig, we would create lots of data around it. How are, they, how are folks listening? How are they finding you? What are their demographics? Where are they listening from? And that sort of thing. But the feedback we kept getting from, you know, the artists and their teams were like, no, we want to get to know who the fans are. Like, tell us who the actual fans are. Um, and, you know, more data points just kind of, it helps. But you know, it didn't kind of actually service the needs. So I think kind of that was one part is just artists want to connect with fans. Um, two, I mean, I think it's it's not a secret, um, and there's just kind of lots of discussion on it's really hard for artists to make money off of being a musician, just full stop. And I think kind of if you look at the trends in music right now, music creation is getting easier over time. Distribution is getting easier over time. And so, you know, today, I don't know what the updated stats is, but, you know, I think there are around 60,000 releases per day coming to the, to the music streaming services. Like that's staggering. And how do you stand out? You know, it, it, it's, it's crazy because, you know, the promise of a lot of the music streaming services is like, okay, you're gonna, uh, we're gonna help you discover new audiences. And your goal as the artist is then how do you kind of get them to the other thing where you do make money, whether it's live touring or merch and things like that. But the touring industry, they can't support, you know, tens of millions of artists. Like it's just not possible or physically possible. And so a lot of times, you know, just being a musician, it literally just feels like, you know, winning a lottery. If you can get on a playlist, if you can kind of get people to kind of go from, you know, A to B, that sort of thing. And so, you know, I think kind of, you know, it's really the artists connecting with fans and artists just struggles making money that, you know, these deep needs is, are really what attracted me to Twitch. And I think kind of, you know, really inform what we're doing on the live side, because at, you know, the end of the day, even though Twitch is most known for gaming creators and kind of building communities there, it's just creators and fans, you know, organizing together, building communities. Um, and ultimately those communities, you know, again, just supporting those creators financially directly. And I think kind of there weren't a, there weren't and there aren't a lot of kind of models online where a fan can just say like I'm going to support you as the artist because I believe in you I'm a fan of you I want to be a part of kind of you know this thing that you're creating which is just bigger than you know a work in and of itself so yeah I think kind of you know the those it's just those needs of artists and I don't know I mean maybe it's not specific to the audio streaming platforms but I think the audio streaming platforms just had a lot of good um, but you know, just with any change, you know, there's always kind of the what's next. How do you help kind of the the creators that are kind of being affected by the change lean forward and you know really kind of thrive instead of being thrashed around by the change in and of mm -hmm. itself. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Well, speaking of change, prior to the pandemic, live streaming hadn't really taken off for music, and we've seen tremendous growth of musicians performing on Twitch specifically in the past 18 months. What what changed to make that popular, and, and how do you think that's going to shift over the next few years? 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I know I can speak for everyone. The pandemic was just awful for everyone. Um, but it hit the musicians actually just quite hard. Because if you were a full-time musician and you were on tour, you couldn't go on tour. The venue shut down. The tours were canceled and you couldn't make a living. And I think kind of, you know, those are the touring musicians. But I think, you know, all of us who work in the music industry, we have musician friends. And because the economics of music are, are so tough, you know, we have musicians who have that side gig, you know, working at a bar or a restaurant or in the gig economy. And all of that got shut down as well. And so I think, you know, it's it was really kind of the, you know, necessity of like, how do I just figure this out? Because also musicians are very, you know, social uh, beings and they want to be connecting with people and fans and they needed to kind of figure out money. And so um, I think the pandemic really just kind of created an openness um, of, you know, hey, maybe I should try this uh, live streaming thing because, you know, some musicians have been able to figure it out. I think kind of a second big factor was, you know, because everything was shutting down, you know, we were able to work with big promoters and festivals like, you know, like Bowery Presents and Rolling Loud and Outside Lands, who we just announced today is streaming this weekend um, on Twitch. Um, and I think kind of, you know, there were a couple of reasons. One, you know, these festivals, like they are all about, you know, amass amassing fans and connecting with them as well. And they wanted to kind of figure out how do I take kind of our physical presence and bring it to digital? Um, and I'm just like really, really proud of like, not only did it create a lot of awareness for musicians um, to come onto Twitch and try it out, but you know, we, we help support hundreds of jobs in the industry um, through our partnerships, you know, with the, uh, profess uh, the, um, the, the promoters and the festivals and things like that. And so I think, again, that kind of helped, um, you know, the music community is small. It helped everyone kind of understand what the opportunity was um, and the openness of Twitch to welcome musicians onto the service. Um, so I think kind of, you know, we definitely, you know, Twitch kind of a silver lining of the pandemic was, you know, I think artists just found another potential way, again, to make money and connect with fans. Um, so then the question is, is like, how does it play out over the next few years, right? Like venues are opening up, festivals are happening. Um, like, is live streaming over? Um, and I think I'll, I'll just like caveat my answer first by saying like, I am so glad that everything is opening up again. Live music is happening again. It just, the in real life events is just so important for culture. Uh, and it's so, you know, it, it's such an incredible revenue source for uh, musicians as well, um, that it's great that it's opening up. Um, but that said, just because, you know, venues are opening up and people can go on tour again, that doesn't mean those two problems that we, you know, just talked about, artists connecting with fans and artists not being able to make money, like those haven't gone away and they won't go away once everything opens up again. So I think uh, live streaming will just continue to grow, you know, as artists, you know, are trying to kind of stand out, are trying to build communities, are trying to generate revenues directly for fans. Um, and, you know, basically wanting to build these communities. Cause I think the community trend is something that lots of people have talked about. And I think we're starting to see it, you know, take shape. Um, that's kind of the first thing. I think the second thing is that, you know, especially with these in real life events, uh, you know, like festivals and things like that, I think that there's a huge openness for kind of the hybrid model, right? Where you have 
fans live, you know, at the venue or at the festival, but you can extend your reach so much further if you have kind of the digital, um, the digital presence as well. And so, you know, we're seeing just like actually really, really interesting things um, with kind of this hybridization. So um, there's this band Trivium, um, uh, a heavy metal band um, led by Matt Heafy. And, you know, Matt's a big, um, he's a big streamer. He like, he's streaming almost every single day, um, you know, performing music, writing music, creating you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so what he did is he literally built streaming backpacks with like, you know, like uh, cellular cards. And basically what they're doing is um, they're, they're touring right now. They want, they're live touring right now and they're taking their Twitch community with them. So not only are they, you know, broadcasting like the warmups, um, they're also just broadcasting live shows, but they're doing kind of pre and post um, live streams as well um, to, to basically, you know, continue to connect with those communities. And the communities are really, really um, rewarding them. And it's not just kind of, the, the bands that are going on tour. Um, I've seen lots of, you know, artists who just kind of gig, um, you know, at a restaurant or, or at a bar or at a venue or whatever. Um, so uh, folks like Matt Walden, Anna Carmelo, um, Missy Alcazar, um, who's a dueling pianist, like they're literally just kind of taking Twitch with them um, to kind of show a different side um, to their communities. You know, this is kind of me in the performance space versus the live streaming space. Um, uh, to, on the road with them as well. Um, so that's kind of like the artist side. I think venues have definitely started to kind of think very, very hard about, you know, what does live streaming mean to them? And you see kind of all of these stories in these companies where venues are literally like gearing up um, and adding live streaming equipment, you know, to their to their venues as well to give the option for a live stream. Um, one of the kind of uh, interesting uh, uh, stories here is, um, Trey Anastasio, uh, last year, he did a live streaming series on Twitch um, from the Beacon Theater in New York. Um, and it was an intimate kind of um, uh, show. It was kind of a series of concerts over a couple of months. And uh, no one was in the audience, it's very safe. Um, but you know what he did was not only kind of like, we equipped the venue so that you could kind of stream the performance, um, but the reason Trey kind of um, did the series is he was opening up a, um, a, a, a addiction treatment center in Vermont. And so it was really, really important for him to like connect actually with chat in the audience. So not only did we kind of have the like, okay, we're gonna beam uh, the performance out to Twitch, we're gonna pull kind of Twitch into the venue as well. So we had actually screens with chat in there and kind of in between songs, Trey would just talk with those fans and you know, ask them about their stories and they would be sharing stories about their struggles with addiction, whether it was theirs or their family members. And it was just this, this really kind of awesome, you know, series where like he was just connecting so authentically with these fans. And I think, you know, again, it's that hybridization um, that's really, really important. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, like we just announced, um, I think it was uh, last week, a partnership with uh, Danny Wimmer Presents. Um, so not only are we gonna be live um, streaming performances from their Welcome to Rockville Festival um, in a couple of weeks in Daytona, um, we're actually launching a Twitch stage with them. And the folks that are going to, the bands that are featured on the Twitch stage are basically bands who performed, uh, they were fan favorites. They performed on um, Danny Wimmer Presents um, Twitch show. They have a show called um, that Space Zebra show. Um, and basically they like highlight kind of new bands and fan favorites now have 
a bigger actually in real life stage at a festival. And that just demonstrates how Twitch can be just a great jumping off point. It's not just about kind of live streaming in your bedroom. You know, artists of all sizes in all parts of your career can can take advantage of this. Because again, it's just about connecting with artists and fans. Nice, nice, cool. So, um, you know, we've got a diverse group of attendees here, some who know Twitch better than others. What's the business model for an artist that's making money via live streaming on Twitch? Can you talk about the different opportunities there? Sure. Yeah, so there's basically three um, ways that artists can make money directly on Twitch. Uh, ads, subscriptions, and direct payments um, with our virtual currency we call bits. Um, so, I mean, what's crazy is that, you know, at Twitch, passion just trumps um, scale. And so, you know, one of the things that we've seen consistently is the median concurrent audience of those making $50,000 net to the artist is 183 fans. And, you know, that amount of money takes tens of millions of streams through an audio streaming service. Um, so going kind of back to each of the revenue streams, just to touch on them briefly. So ads are just very similar to other video services. We do a revenue share for pre-roll ads and mid-rolled ads. Mid-rolls are actually quite convenient because this is live. Artists kind of need to take quick breaks from time to time. And so ads are a helpful way um, where a community can support, you know, with their attention. Um, Second is um, bits. So bits are, you know, our virtual currency and you basically make a direct contribution to an artist. Um, and it can be as little as one cent to up to thousands of dollars. And if you, and we call it sharing bits. And if you think about it, like there's not many places where you can give hundreds or thousands of dollars directly to an artist. Hmm. Like that's just kind of not a thing. You know, most of the time you, the best way you can support an artist is like, I'm going to pay, you know, for the ticket for the show, maybe I'll buy the $40 t-shirt. And then you're kind of like tapped out here. It's like, I love you. <laughs> I'm gonna give you lots and lots of money. And so uh, it's it's funny, we had, um, there's this duo, um, singer songwriter duo named Johnny and Heidi. They are Nashville based and then they moved to Florida during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I was in a stream. Um, they're, they're really, really great um, country duo. I was in the stream um, one time and they had two super fans. And the super fans decided, uh, or they were trying to decide who is the bigger super fan. And so they just started cheering bits and it started off as like $5 here. And the next person did 10 and the next person did 20. And by the end of it, both of the super fans had given thousands of dollars to, um, to Johnny and Heidi, you know, in one night, which is just really, really incredible. Um, and so, and, and really kind of can only happen on Twitch, which is crazy. Uh, and so then the, lastly, there's subscriptions. So subscriptions are very, very different than kind of how subscriptions work typically kind of in, in the music industry. So unlike, you know, uh, most music streaming services, which is the pro rata model, basically the number of streams is the percentage of revenue um, that you get. Um, Twitch is a user centric model, which basically means that, you know, a fan directly subscribes to an artist channel uh, and multiple artist channels are that and the artist gets paid directly um, from that subscription. Um, and basically, you know, subscriptions have different price points from uh, basically, you know, $5 up to $25 with different benefits. But basically they unlock, you know, basically signs of fandom like badges, um, which show your supporter or, you know, custom emojis, um, 
uh, created by the artist, which we call emotes, um, which are often used, you know, by the community for like these big community moments. The way I kind of like to describe it is, you know, if you've ever worn a band t-shirt or kind of those little buttons on your backpack from a band, like that's kind of what the emotes uh, and badges are really like kind of in the digital world. Um, and I think, you know, really like, it's like, okay, cool. I got a, an, an emote that I can use or, you know, a badge, like, how do I use it? Um, a great example is this, this artist, Tyler Lebs, um, who performs a, a song. And it, it was funny, like this was kind of really early in my in my Twitch career. Like I didn't really kind of know the Twitch, Twitch uh, community. And so he's playing the song and during the chorus, like all of his community members started spamming his custom emotes, which again, you only can get if you pay for, um, and basically the chorus lyrics all the same time. So it was this like waterfall of the same thing. And it's just really like, that's community. You know, it's when everyone kind of knows they're in on the thing, um, you know, that uh, that that was a really special moment for me where I was like, oh, I get it. I, I understand the actual fandom from these, you know, fans and showing kind of the artist. Um, and on top of that, there's actually a few flavors of su subscriptions. So if you're an Amazon Prime customer, which a lot of people are across the world, um, you get a free Twitch subscription every month. Um, and so it's free to the viewer, but the artist gets paid on that, um, which we, uh, that subscription, which we call a prime gaming subscription. Um, and you also get another badge for that. Um, and there's the ability um, for fans to pay for subscriptions for other people and other community members as well. We call it gift subscriptions. Um, and so like, that's also a very, very powerful mechanism because it's, it's actually really, really interesting, you know, during the pandemic, you know, it's, I, I, it's it's actually several times a week that I see it because I'm on Twitch a lot um, where, you know, someone is like, I, I really like love the music that you're doing. I like wish I could support you, but times are tough right now. Like when I get my paycheck or like in a couple months, like I'll be able to subscribe to you and you'll see another community member gifting that sub to that, to that user, which is just like really, really, really heartwarming. Um, uh, wait, I, there's this one artist, uh, I mean, this guy named Autopilot from Manchester. Um, like he's incredible, check him out. But basically what he does is he builds up a song from scratch and he plays every single instrument, like every single piece and uses a loop pedal. Um, and uh, one of the DAWs live to basically kind of loop all the samples and his vocals and things like that. It's this crazy phenomenon that is literally only on Twitch thing. Um, a couple of months ago, he announced like, hey, you know, I, I haven't kind of launched original music in a very, very long time. It's, it, it had been years. And he was like, he basically kind of had this announced to his community of like, you guys have inspired me to create, you know, original music. And one of his like super fans, basically she gifted a hundred gift subscriptions like to help him fund the album. At $5 a pop, that's a lot of money for one fan to give. And especially with the benefit, you know, to the whole community members. And not only with you. Totally. And well, and it's, yeah. and, and, and again, it's a community. It's not just, fan to artists, it's fan to fan as well. And so not only do you get kind of the recognition from, um, from you know, the other community members, you also get, you know, the recognition from the artists of like, okay, this is, this is, a, <laughs> this is a, a valuable fan and it's all about fandom. And I think kind of, you know, the way that I would just describe Twitch in general is, you know, there are, you know, there are um, services and there are places like, say for example, you wanna like, uh, support an, an artist or a band and you go buy, you go somewhere online and you go buy the band t-shirt, like that's super, super awesome, right? But like Twitch is more like you're at the concert, 
you're at the merch table, you're going to buy the shirt and the artist is right there and they're saying thank you and they know who you are and they know your name. Like that's what Twitch at scale is and that's what the opportunity for artists is. Awesome. This is great. I love all the examples of artists and hearing sort of like the diversity of approaches that people are using. Is there a good place to to sort of like see the ones that you're discovering? I mean, I can keep asking for a list of ours, but is there somewhere we can go to sort of be like, here's a unique, do you guys have a blog or something where we could see like, this artist is interesting for this reason, this artist is interesting for that reason, things like that? Yeah. So um, there's kind of two, two, two ways that I describe it. So one, um, we have twitch.tv slash music. Um, and so that's our music landing page. And it's basically organized by kind of different genres and formats and things like that. So, um, you know, you can kind of check out different musicians there. Um, that's kind of one mechanism Two, And basically kind of how Twitch works is the more you watch, the better personalization you'll get. And so like they'll describe artists who are similar uh, and things like that. Um, second, I, I saw it in chat. We have a feature called rating, uh, which is like actually one of the best uh, features um, that Twitch has. And basically what it is, is when a streamer is done with their stream, they can like basically push their audience onto another streamer. And that's where a ton of discovery happens. Um, and the way they think about it is it's kind of like almost like the opening act like is you know a way to get discovered by supporting you know the the headliner? Um, it's that and the opposite, and it's you know we just see a lot of musicians quote unquote paying it forward, which is you know great to see. That's super cool. All right, this has been a great great overview. I want to expand out a little bit outside of live streaming. What are some other trends you're keeping an eye on in the music field, Tracy? Since you've got this kind of wide palette from your past and and how you think about Twitch as well, and you're coming into Twitch and helping to expand into music. What are some other areas in kind of the music innovation space that you're excited about? You're keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, so I would say you know there's kind of the obvious like blockchain NFT kind of uh, conversation that's happening. I think the NFT is space is really, really shaking out. Um, so we'll see kind of how that uh, that trend, you know, continues out. But the thing that I am interested in is, you know, I think, you know, quite frankly, most things don't need blockchain and people are like, this is blockchain for Dura. And you're like, you don't, you don't need it. The two areas where I think it could be really, really impactful is ticketing. Um, because, you know, scalping is just such a phenomenon, you know, bots and all of that kind of thing. And I think, you know, blockchain really, really could be an interesting way, you know, for for ownership and kind of transferring ownership and things like that, especially with the transparency. Um, the second area where I just I hope and pray <laughs> blockchain is is meaningful is, you know, publishing rights and splits like it's really, really, really difficult. Um, no one kind of has the record of truth. And if you ask kind of different parties, you'll get different answers and that sort of thing. And, you know, I really, really hope innovation can kind of push that space forward mm -hmm. um, because I think that could be really, really transformational. I think um, um, the mu music, uh, the mechanical licensing collective, the MLC. The MLC, yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, didn't they just get over $100 million of like, we don't know who to pay from the DSPs. Uh, like that's a lot of opportunity that I think blockchain could solve. It obviously kind of needs everyone to adopt it. Um, but, you know, once there's momentum, there's no stuff in it. Um, so I think kind of that's one space. Um, the second one that I'm interested in, um, which is, uh, I think, really, really interesting is just the music creation space in general. You know, when I was growing up, which was a long time ago, you know, everyone knew how to play an instrument. 
Like it was just the thing that you did, whether you learned in private lessons or at school or things like that. I played piano and keyboard. I, I can't anymore, like <laughs> I'm out of practice. Um, but I think, you know, like we know the trends in the, at least in the US, you know, as school budgets get cut, you know, things like music education are the first things to go. And I think that that's just, that's just tough culturally, you know, um, and it, it just, it, it's, it's different with helping kids learn creativity and things like that. And I think that there's actually just a massive opportunity um, in different parts of kind of the music, you know, music creation learning space, you know, there's first the, uh, how do I play an instrument? And I think there's a lot of companies doing really interesting things, especially, you know, with gamification models and things like that, that help you. I remember like, I used to like hate practicing piano, but like you gamify it, maybe, maybe I would have done that instead of this, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think kind of there's like, how do you learn to play an instrument? Again, especially with the backdrop of like, it's really, really hard to do that in public education today. Um, there's the, then there's the kind of uh, the, all right, a lot of music is created digitally with digital um, audio workstations. Um, so, you know, how do you use Ableton or Logic or kind of those types of tools? That's kind of, you know, a, a, a different area. We know that a lot of music is, created with collaborators. And I don't, you know, I think kind of there's an opportunity to kind of have community of artists support themselves, you know, support themselves or kind of connect digitally. You see this a lot, you know, in, you know, uh, whether they're like product, uh, production collectives and things like that, or in the real life where they're uh, collecting each other uh, or, you know, working together and things like that. But I think that there's a big opportunity to like have communities of artists. Um, and the last thing um, is, you know, it's pretty Twitch adjacent, but I think these virtual events in the metaverse and in gaming um, environments are just like incredible. And I think there's like just different flavors of them. You know, you have the tra Travis Scott's and Ariana Grande's in Fortnite. Um, I think the virtual um, EDC in Roblox is super, super cool. Um, Dead Mouse is building kind of a metaverse, um, uh, like a music metaverse in and of themselves. And like, I think this trend is super exciting because this is kind of thinking very, very differently about the music experience, right? It's not just kind of like taking a performance and translating online, maybe doing some interaction. Like these are fully immersive interactive environments. So like, you know, the viewers and players, they're playing mini games kind of around, you know, the, the concert. Um, they're interacting with the environment. They're interacting with each other. Um, and, you know, it's no secret that the gaming industry is like four times larger than the music industry. Right. And there's lots of kind of lessons um, that gaming has adopted that the music industry can really lean forward in. And so I just I'm really, really excited to see this trend continue up where I think it could be really, really special is, again, I just named off a bunch of names and like those are big superstars. Right. Like where I, where I think uh, there can be massive opportunities, like how do we create opportunity for artists of all sizes? You know, what's the equivalent of Broadway Street in Nashville in you know, a metaverse, or, uh, you know, or in a gaming platform, because I think that there's lots and lots of demand for that. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the music, the world's a better place when musicians can just thrive and, uh, you know, make a living and connect with fans. Cool. Awesome, Tracy. This has been a blast. You know, we actually did get a question that's kind of a yeah. perfect segue from what you just yeah. said. I'm putting it up here on the screen. Um, uh, Chandra Karp asks, what words of wisdom would you share with an artist who is interested in getting involved on Twitch but feels completely overwhelmed by the time commitment it takes to get fully immersed on the platform? 
It's a great question, Chandra. Um, I mean, I think kind of, you know, the, the perspective you have to take as an artist when you're approaching Twitch is like, this is just something new. Like it's, it, you, there's no kind of model for it kind of out there, even, you know, if you've tried live streaming on other services, because, you know, the community dynamics, the monetization, the interaction are all kind of different. Uh, the best, best advice I would give is watch Twitch. Like just go in, engage, you know, with different music creators, you know, who maybe your style, maybe different styles, just whatever you enjoy. I think kind of, you know, immersing yourself as a viewer first is probably the best thing you can do because it'll help you kind of understand like, what questions should I be asking? You know, like, how do I get those graphics on the screen? You know, how do I allow chat to change the lighting in my room? You know, things like that. Or how do I effectively, you know, monetize and get subscriptions or grow my audience? Um, I think just starting as a viewer, understanding kind of what's going on um, uh, with kind of Twitch uh, is a great starting point. And then go to um, artist.twitch.tv. Uh, that's kind of where you get the Twitch 101 for musicians on. Here's all the things you need to know. And you'll know kind of like the things that you'll uh, want to start asking. And then also, you know, I would say don't self-promote, but as you are a viewer um, in other music creators' channels and you become part of their community, they're going to recognize when you're on, when you're streaming live, they're going to show up for you. Their community will show up for you. They will rate you. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, be a viewer and like all things will come from there. Awesome. We've got another one here from uh, Ewan McKechnie. Tracy, aside from ads and gamer sponsorship, do you see any other key ways brands can utilize music use cases on Twitch? Yeah, so um, I, there's a couple ways that we think about brand utilization of music on Twitch. So um, we have a lot of you know these event series like um, uh, outside lands like fest festivals, which is happening this weekend. And we do have brands as presenting sponsors. So for example, Levi's is, pre is the presenting sponsor for, um, for outside lands. Um, what's really, really great about kind of our activations is like, it's fully immersive and it's twitchy. Um, we had an event a couple of uh, weeks, week weekends ago um, that uh, it was a Halloween event. I forget which one it was. Um, but basically M&M's was a sponsor and they created a custom extension. So when they were interviewing artists on screen, like the chat could basically trigger a scare the artist kind of thing. And so I think, you know, really kind of leaning into that interactivity and integrating the brand directly kind of into these events, whether it's a festival, whether it's a concept series, that sort of thing, is a really, really good place to get started. Yeah, awesome, cool. Um, there is one thing that kind of is being discussed in the chat that I was going to ask you earlier, but since yeah. there's kind of some interest in it, do you see live streaming impacting the art form of music itself? And if you could talk about that, and we'll we'll wrap up and, cool. and get get you back to helping artists and partners and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the most interesting trends that we're seeing on just impacting music in and of itself is because it's live and and you're interacting with your community your fans can actually just help you create the music in and of itself. And so we've seen actually like a ton of examples of this, like really in really cool ways. So like last year, Mike Shinoda, he created, you know, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, he created three EPs with the input of his fans. You know, he'd start like, we're gonna build a song today. What's the mood? What's the tempo? You know, what are some kind of themes? And, he, you know, created three EPs. And then this year he, he went on to produce like dozens of Twitch artists. Um, and it's kind of that connection in a just different way that, you know, doesn't happen 
um, in the real world. Um, two, we have a ton of producers on Twitch. Um, so, you know, in these, you know, some of the producers are just making some of the hottest music, you know, in hip hop and other genres. So folks like Yeely, Timberland, um, Mike Dean and Superstar O, you know, they're, they're not only kind of making beats, um, you know, they're also uh, basically kind of doing masterclasses, right? So they'll take fan submitted beats and review them. Um, they will um, do like beat battles and give, you know, prizes for, you know, the best beats with the input of their community, things like that. And, you know, we have a bunch of artists and bands like actually just doing songwriting, like the band of Mice and Men wrote a lot of songs on Twitch with their community and things like that. We have Linda Perry through our partnership with American Songwriter just teaching music as well. So we think, you know, live streaming is really leading the way on helping artists just incorporate fans into the creative process. And then that next generation of creatives to be able to kind of learn from, you know, legends in the field. Amazing. Awesome. Well, Tracy, this has been great. I feel like we've covered a ton. We got a lot of good interaction with the chat. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? No, I mean, I think we we covered quite a bit. But again, you know, if, if you take nothing away from, you know, what we're trying to do at Twitch, it's at its heart, it's helping artists and fans connect, build a community, because ultimately we know artists want to get to know their fans. You can get to know your fans and connect with them whenever, however you want on Twitch. And then two, you know, we know that that making money as a musician is tough. And I think what we see on Twitch is if you lean in, you build the community um, and you really kind of interact um, with your fan base, like fans are really, really generous and they wanna be a part of that journey. Um, and we're seeing a lot of Twitch uh, musicians succeed. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. Great having Thanks you at Music Tectonics. Let's stay in touch. We'll get you involved with more stuff. The chats are coming in. Everyone's so appreciative and I am too. Thank you. Take care, Tracy. Awesome. Thanks, Dimitri. See ya. So glad you got to tap into the Music Tectonics Fireside chat I had with Tracy Chan. It's been great bringing the community together over the last several weeks during the online and in-person components of the Music Tectonics Conference. And, uh, you know, we're actually uploading quite a lot of the videos from the conference, the panels and so forth, to the Music Tectonics app. So check out the app, both in the uh, Apple App Store as well as at Google Play. Um, you should be able to download the app. It's a great place to interact with other music tech innovators, startup founders and others in the space and also check out the videos from the conference so if you weren't able to attend um, this is a chance for you to see some of the latest information from all these amazing speakers we had keep listening to music tectonics and we'll be back next week with another episode you're listening to music tectonics